This is the John Oakley Show podcast. 21 past as uh, we continue on the Friday edition. A lot of people working from home, uh, a lot of people not working at all. And uh, this has led to a real incident that uh, we've never experienced before where businesses are on the brink. Uh, you know, as we know, a lot of individuals may be one or two paychecks away from insolvency. It might be said certain businesses uh, can also claim to be in a sim- in uh, dire straits to the same extent. Now, when you've got the government handing out uh, all kinds of money earlier this week, uh, as astronomical as the numbers were, $27 billion in direct aid, $55 billion in deferred monies through taxes and so on and so forth, uh, some are saying it's still not enough. It still will not uh, forestall the inevitable that could be uh, more than a recession, but a depression. Let's find out the lay of the land according to an economist at the Bank of Nova Scotia. Rebecca Young has joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Rebecca, appreciate your joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me. I'm kind of curious how you felt about it and hearing the announcement on Monday. Is the $27 billion in direct assistance, $55 billion in tax deferrals going to be adequate to see us through this thing? Well, what I really heard in the message uh, earlier this week was that $27 billion was the start. So I really saw the federal government basically turning on the taps. And we've heard now repeatedly, whether it's the finance minister or the prime minister or other um, ministers repeating, they're ready to do whatever it takes. So I think that we can take that at face value and that the $27 billion to households and the $55 billion in um, indirect uh, temporary support through tax deferrals is really just the start. But quite frankly, I think that we are going to need more and we are going to see more coming from the uh, federal government as well as other layers of government in the coming days and weeks. Yeah, that's what uh, Minister Morneau did say. Uh, He's prepared to do whatever it takes. And we do have the physical firepower to respond. Those are direct quotes. So what else might be necessary in uh, a worst case scenario then? Well, if we look at what he was really trying to do, what Minister Morneau was trying to do with the $27 billion, this was really a stopgap for the very immediately impacted households. So these are the individuals that have had to stay home. Either their kids are at home with the school closures or their workplaces have closed down um, and or they are sick themselves or have um, uh, family members that are sick. So these are what they're providing really in this $27 billion. It's really just that first round of people that are immediately hit by um, by the, the coronavirus. But certainly the longer um, people stay home, the longer consumers aren't out there shopping, there are going to be secondary impacts. So it's going to be the retail. It's going to be the small businesses that rely on um, consumers coming through the door that are going to start feeling even more the pain. And so I think the next round is going to be targeted at those secondary impacts and not necessarily the immediate households that um, are out of that can't go to work but but the businesses that are starting to uh, to to be hurt the longer this goes on so what might you foresee by way of a lifeline to these businesses that are strapped well 
First of all, I think in this, and I should say in the first step, what we really need is consumers back out there spending, and that's ultimately what is going to um, be sustainable for, for the business community. So I think this cash-in-the-pockets approach with the $27 billion is an important first step. I think the second step that they are trying to do now um, with, for example, tax deferrals and um, support with um, um, uh, different types of tax measures, payroll tax, for example, reducing that, these really are bridge solutions, and I think the government realizes it. it. It buys time, but it doesn't save the day. And so the longer the outbreak goes on and the longer consumers are staying home, um, I think that the government will be looking at which sectors actually need more support that isn't repayable or isn't fully repayable down the road. So I think that we will look at, for example, travel industry is going to be, um, and airlines as we see them um, really significantly pulling back, if not completely stopping, um, you know, that's going to be sector that, that one sector that will be hurting. We also heard earlier today that the government is prepared to provide support to manufacturing so that they can they can basically retrofit some of their um, uh, facilities and and refocus some of their targets to support control of uh, of this outbreak. And so that that will have a price tag, and we're still waiting to see what that will be. But I think that will be another lifeline that we will see the government offering. Again, with Rebecca Young, economist at the Bank of Nova Scotia, just talking about uh, what this whole week hath wrought and in terms of the government's assistance package, the early uh, first tranche, I guess we could say, Rebecca, $27 billion in direct assistance and uh, $55 billion in tax deferrals. The whole package in the uh, previous week, too, there was announced about $11 billion. So it's 93 coming in, but you're saying it's still uh, just, you know, the beginning. There's more to come. Some people have posited that maybe uh, direct cash checks getting out to people sooner rather than later. I see in the U.S. where Mitch McConnell yesterday, uh, the majority Senate leader, was saying uh, they'd cut a check for, I guess it's $1,200 for a single person, $2,400 for a couple, $500 additional child for every uh, additional child, uh, and try to get it directly into people's hands uh sooner rather than later. And they're targeting, I guess, in the next two to three weeks, if that's immediate. Is that advisable, like just direct payments to people? There's there's really a trade-off that we're looking at, and it's quite a contrast, uh, a contrast in approaches on both sides of the border. What Canada is really trying to do is both get it to the folks that need it most. And so they have tried to target really the most vulnerable populations in this particular outbreak, we, whether it's those that are recently unemployed or those that are lower income through some of the means-tested measures. Uh, so they're really trying to both help those that need it most, but also those that are most likely to spend the money that they get in their pockets, because that'll have wider benefits. And so what the Canadian government is trying to do is make sure that a lot of the money just doesn't get pocketed. And so the U.S. approach, uh, it has the value that it can be faster. If you just cut a blanket check to everybody for roughly the same amount, you can get it out fairly quickly. But you will have higher income households that don't actually need that money. And so they will put it in their savings accounts and it won't actually go back into the economy. So we're really trading off, do we get it out fast but have some loss in what it'll actually do for the Canadian economy or do you target it and so the government is really banking on 
getting the money out quickly. So we'll see in the next few weeks, and households will see um, as checks start arriving in their in their bank accounts, just how quickly can the government make that happen? Because the real impact is is already being felt now, and it will accelerate. I think we're in for a few very difficult months, if not longer. And so it's really an imperative that the Canadian government gets the money out as quickly as it can to households. Yeah, what you alluded to there on the time horizon, uh, many say a recession's a given, but uh, what are the conditions for a depression potentially? I would say that we have the we have we have the tools to avoid that type of scenario. So the you know the economic fundamentals were were were, were modest. I would say heading into this um, this um, surprising shock. So I think that there you know we have all the tools in place, both policy tools and. Um, economic foundations that we can avoid that type of scenario, but we're certainly looking at, um, you know, we're we're looking at a you know a sharp rebound if we can get over this um, this this outbreak, and so we we actually could be looking forward to a much stronger 2021 if we can um, weather through the you know the next couple of quarters as we you know as consumption is um, is is con- severely constrained. But I would say in terms of that depression type of scenario, um, we, you know, I think that we do, we really do have a unique uh, circumstance on our hands that is not, that's more about a really sharp and uh, and, and short um, event as opposed to a, a long, slow um, event that, that, a, that a depression would speak to. Yeah, that sharp rebound uh, that you presage here, that's very, you know, that would be encouraging to uh, know that that's in the cards. I mean, you see a lot of pent-up demand. Uh, right now, in the immediate, I guess, uh, when we want to get people out there spending, as you say, kind of difficult to do when, on the one hand, uh, we're being preached to about social isolation or distancing, and on the other, you want to kind of create demand for people to go out and spend because it's going to be driven by demand, any recovery, is it not? Yes, absolutely, and that's uh, you know that's one of the challenges of this um, um, this crisis is that there's really no policy tool that can overcome that hurdle. So fiscal policy and you know government spending and getting money into pockets is is the best thing that we have, but it's not, um, you know, it, it is going to be challenging because households, individuals are staying in their houses and there's, you know, a limit to what, um, um, you know, online and delivery can do. So there's definitely, uh, a, a, you know, a period where it won't have its full impact. But that's in fact why it looks like it's a, it's a much sharper um, downturn with a much greater potential for a bigger rebound because uh, once we are out again, um, you know, the, 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 the built-up or the pent-up demand can be even higher. So it's definitely, a, you know, it is a challenge and it's really difficult to get around for, you know, government tools, but, um, but it is the reality we're facing. Indeed it is, and uh, how anxious are people for that rebound to come? But uh, first, we'll have to wrestle that drab virus to the ground, uh, get it under control before all of those things uh, start to happen. Rebecca, I really appreciate your insights. Uh, Stay safe and healthy and uh, hope to talk down the road. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Rebecca Young, economist at the Bank of Nova Scotia. Still with this matter, the COVID-19, other questions to uh, talk about whether or not shutting down the economy is the right approach. There are actually some people who are saying uh, that may actually be detrimental more so than whatever ravages the virus could inflict. We'll see how Conrad Black feels about that. Noted author, commentator, historian up next on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto.
Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 